Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, the J10 Initiative. Hello, and welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know. Today we are speaking with Father Michael Rapp, a newly minted professor at St. John Vianney Seminary. Father Michael, welcome. Kalimera. That's Greek for good morning or good day. Kalimera. Kalimera. Uh, why is it that on the GarageBand, or this is just true for recording things, right? Sure. Why is it like a stop sign, a red circle? That means record. Do you remember those um, like tape Tape, tape recorders, recorders, for sure. Tape recorders, and then you could put in like the blank tape and yep. record the radio and make yep. a mixtape. Did it all the time. I've been kissed by a rose on a grave. Don't see a seal. The, uh, I've got the giggles. I don't know if it's, I think it's this Trails End cologne. Yes. And the Kit Kat. I'm we just, have been showered with gifts, which we'll get to in the end. Uh, but as of right now, you won't be able to hear or perceive any of it. But Father Mike and I are both lathered in uh, bay rum, bay rum aftershave. No, uh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, that's the brand, right? That's the yeah. So that's what okay. I. Mine's called Trails End. Trails End Cologne. Cologne. So someone mystery person sent us those things. Um, we really don't think that we got it from. Where is it? Griffin. Yeah, Chuck Griffin. Griffin. Peter Griffin. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, Chuck Griffin did uh, not send this to us. I don't. I mean, he sent it to us, but I don't think he's a podcast listener. So there was literally just an invoice from Professional Products Company, Brighton, Colorado. Uh, for So you think it's the, the company, like the manager or something, or the agent who sent it? Somebody sent it. You don't think it the... We got four ounces of genuine Ogallala Bay Rum and Sandalwood Aftershave, and they threw in these lovely cologne bottles. Did you ever go to Bergner's or Carson Pine Scott or Macy's or whatever and get free samples of cologne and then use it later? Are you going to make me confess? Well, okay, so no at the mall. Free samples. No at the mall, because I'm not a cologne guy, but when I'm flying, when I'm flying, duty-free Yep. Oh, you do it. I stop because I want to. I want to. I, I just feel skifo. I feel like gross. Holy cow! That smells pretty good. I've got the trails in. Hey, you can smell this. So you remember in uh, spirituality here? Whoa! Hello. It's got a lot of pine, doesn't it? Bay rum and sweet orange. Oh, way off. <laughs> yeah, no pine. Way off. No pine. Um, in no, I spirituality asked, year. Yes. We were. That's the first year of seminary for us. And it's like a novitiate year. So um, when you, you get through a few months where everybody's getting along and everybody's like putting their best foot forward and everything, and then things kind of fall apart. Then it stops. And Right around Columbus Day. One of the things that happened in our year that I thought was funny was when guys got into like a shouting match, it was like, it was like well, you get up in the middle of the night and go to the gym and work out. That's weird. And the other guy's like, well you, well, you wear way too much cologne. Every time I go into the chapel, I smell you. And I don't want to smell you. I don't want to smell your cologne. Why are you wearing so much cologne? You trying to hit on us? Did you say that? No, no. I, that wasn't me. Oh. That was one of, the, one of the guys. So I remember that. And then it showed up on his final eval, too. That he wore too much cologne. You wear too much cologne. 
Well, that's, I mean, that is kind of difficult. I used to I go. Know, what if somebody has like weak olfactory and they just can't tell? Yeah, but, but they got a lot of cologne. You can tell. Because I don't use it. And this feels like I put on a lot. You can tell. I can't like not smell it. Yeah, you can tell when a guy puts on a little too much. I used to do that. So uh, back in the day, back in the day, I used to rock. Um, I used to rock Swiss Army. Uh, and I got a little sample of it from Bergner's. And I, I would put on a very small amount because I needed that sample to last until like multiple They're dances. like those little tubes? Little little vials. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I had that one. And then uh, and then I somehow inherited a bottle of cool water, I think from my cousin Brian, who left it at our house. But I didn't try to get it back to him. I just took it. And I rocked cool water until like... Uh, I don't know, like sophomore year of college. Wow. Yeah. What uh, brand is it? Is it brand Cool Water? Yeah, Dave Davidoff. Okay. I don't know. I mean, literally, like. Does it smell good? Would you go and get it? You know, again, I wear I wear cologne occasionally. I don't know. Like if I'm gonna go, like if I go to do a wedding, I might. Yeah. Well, I just, I, I, it feels like a. It just goes along with the formality. Yes. Yes. Um, I do have a different scent now. Uh, I only break it out for solemnities. Um, and I got it on the way back from Rome. You said you, you stop at the duty free shop. Yeah. You like to shop at the duty free shop. Mm-hmm. Um, I stopped on the way back from Rome seeing you guys. Cause I was like, I can't wear cool water. Cool water's like, oh, so you've been, you've been with the cool water for a long time. No, I had been, I had been. And I said, no more. I can't do this anymore. So, um, oh, I forgot for a while I wore Adidas. This okay. is bef- this is before like Axe. I just feel like I feel like Adidas is not. They went into the game, but they weren't players in the game. Yeah, you so got it. Is it got, good? You got it at Walgreens. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't that good. Okay, but it was what I could afford. Anyways, true. So, um, I was in the shop and I was like, I'm gonna buy myself my cologne, whatever. And the lady said, she goes, I think you'd like this one. It smells like leather, uh, leather, cedar, and tobacco. Ooh. And I said, I'll take it. I don't even need it. You didn't smell it? Well, I, I did. It smells amazing. Really? It sounds yeah. nice. Yeah, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Because then, oh, okay. then people are going to identify my scent. And then yeah. they'll be able to track me down and shoot me if they want. Oh, you'll yeah. Just, you'll just have to. You'll just have to trace my pheromones. That's true. Well, that's weird. But yeah, walking through the walking through the forest, and you're like, uh oh, cedar, gobel, cedar, leather, and tobacco. I thought it was the abominable snowman. What's that guy called? The Bigfoot Yeti. Do you believe in that stuff? No. At all? Loch Ness. No. Not even the Bigfoot. No. I, I believe. What if it's a giant sloth? You remember there were giant sloth once upon a time? Really? Yeah, in Yellowstone. Yeah, but can't wouldn't people be able to like find them really quickly because they move so you slow? Catch it? Maybe it's a fast sloth. These were this is like prehistoric, dude. Yeah, I guess <laughs> the word itself suggests we. I mean, it's moving the slow. The scent is really it, powerful right now. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot, and I don't know what to do. No, it's too late. Can you get it off? All no. right. Here's a theological point. Um, as long as we're at it, you have the do the 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 chrism 
chrism oil, part of the symbolism is that oil goes deep and it stays. So there's other symbolism. It shines. It smells good. The odor of sanctity. It um, is healing, balm. But then it also goes deep and it remains. And that's part of the reality of the baptism, the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is something that indwelling means it's it's there deep. Yeah, it's permeates. Not going anywhere. Permeates. Well, and I feel like that. Like I could go try to scrub this and it's not going anywhere for a while. Yep. All right. Well, that, okay. That, that's the that's the, that's the scene going on right now at Club Schloss Goebbels. That's the uh, uh, banter we're, portion. We're gonna get. We're gonna get to the other things. Am I going today? Am I? Yeah, either am way. I, either way, it. man. I got one. It, I don't remember who was last. Does yours relate to what we were just talking about with baptism? Uh, nope. Okay. Like what the the oils and stuff? No, no, it doesn't. Mine's like, um, it has something to do with the mass and the lamb. The lamb. All right, so we'll do mine. Because, I mean, we just we just did yours. That's well, you you just did yours that was mercy, 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 That's peace. true. I've been doing stuff on so, the mass. So that's I great. tried to get into this, uh, this um, series on mountains, and I think I started weak. And now it kind of, I just haven't had a lot of encouragement about that mountain series. series. On mountains. Nobody's really into it. I started with um, the Mount of the Beatitudes. I was talking to Father John Neppel. Uh-huh. And I was talking about, like, Ignatian prayer, how to compose place, and what's the, what are the features of that. But I'm not good at, like, painting a picture with words, you know. So it didn't it didn't really work. So I don't – yeah, the long and the short of that is I've switched to the liturgical topics. Okay. Liturgical curiosities. I hear you. All right. Well, um, I'm trying to find. I'm sorry. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm trying to find the story of Elisha and Elijah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, where? Yep. It's in Kings. I know that. Is it at the end of First Kings and Second Kings, or is it all in? Hmm. All of a sudden, Kings. I went into Fourth Kings. Oh, that's weird. When did that happen? There we go. What is that? Yep. Fourth Kings. <clears throat> okay. So um, a few weeks ago, we had the story of Elijah and Elisha, okay? In the readings? In the readings. Long story short, uh, Elijah, Elijah um, has this really profound encounter and says, like, you know, everybody's after me. Like, everything's coming to an end. Like, I'm the only one left, and I'm not even yeah. that good. And God's like, hey, guess what? I've got this under control. You're going to meet this dude, Alicia. It's going to be awesome. And then, so he goes, he finds this guy, Alicia. He's plowing with oxen, like a huge amount of oxen. And uh, he throws his cloak over him. He's like, hey, you're my bro now. And then Alicia's like, what? Can I at least, like, kiss my parents goodbye? Which some people say is like, can we wait until my parents are dead before I, like, take off from home? Oh, yeah. And uh, Elijah's like, no, dude, if you don't want to come with me, then forget it. This Get is on like, board, man. Get this, on the chariot. It's kind of like uh, Catholic drunk history right now. Yeah. But I'm not. The way you're telling this, I think it's fun. So, I like the way you're telling this. And you're getting the details spot on, man. So, so uh, hitting the target. Alicia, Alicia slaughters all of his oxen, and he throws this big party, 
and he like gives everybody all the food which normally you'd just be like hey take care of my oxen but he's like check this out oxen soup so soup and that isn't a roast yeah but doesn't he put it in a cauldron and like and um, boil it or whatever so, that's yeah. a lot of friends stew that's a lot of friends on hand so yeah uh, everybody gives it gives it all away and then eventually like they're like we're gonna be bros now we're gonna be awesome we're gonna take over the world and alicia sees elijah do all these things and then eventually elijah's getting ready to take off and uh uh he says this is in uh whatever second kings second kings chapter two verse one okay came to pass when the lord uh, would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah and Elisha were going from Galgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here because the Lord oh, has like sent me yeah. as far as Bethel. But Elisha says, as the Lord lives and as the Lord, li- as my soul lives, I will not leave thee. So they keep going. And then he says, stay here because I need to go further to Jericho. As the Lord lives and as my soul lives, I will not leave thee and I will come with you to Jericho. So he keeps he keeps walking, walking forward, and then eventually he says, um, "What do you ask?" Okay, Elijah asks Elisha, "What do you ask? Ask whatever you will have me do for thee before I am taken from you." And Elisha says, "I beseech thee that in me there may be a double spirit." Okay, like effectively he sees the faith of Elijah, and he says, "I want that." Yeah, like you're pretty bold. You're pretty awesome. I want to have double portion of what you've got. Okay. Yeah. I would. And, s- well, so I th- here's a question you might be. Um, Here we go. It might be anticipating. What is things, that smell? Or, but I oh. feel like it's going back. Is do you have this take of somebody told me, and I think it was the first time that they were really down on Elijah. They're like, what? They're like, oh, he's really like feeling sorry for himself. Well, that might have been a moment, right? But that was like the way they were characterizing him. He's a loser. And I was like, ah, I think he's supposed to be one of the great prophets. He is. I mean, he's bold. He does that miracle with the the widow. No, not the widow. Zarephath, yeah. Of Zarephath. And then... Slaughters the prophets of Baal. Slaughters the prophets of Baal. Naaman, the Syrian. He's doing um, running from the king. That's Elisha, I think. Oh, shoot. You're right. It is. You're right. Yep. Um, Jezebel takes Jezebel, on Jezebel. He takes on, yeah, he takes on the, the nasty ones and he, run, he gets right. exiled to the desert where he gets fed by the birds and stuff. So I don't, I was surprised when they really got down on him because he, that one time he was like, I'm the only one who cares. And then God's like, oh yeah. Right. There's a bunch of people who care. <clears throat> so, but you, you're, you're with me that he's like a big hero. Yes. Okay. Like probably front runner for top tattoo for me like in the flaming chariot or just you want to see it i'll is show it you with the bear no i, I have uh, a feeling it's with the bear i found a I found a picture i found a picture and i was like wow this this thing's pretty baller if i got a tattoo i would definitely consider this for my tattoo with that being fed by the ravens exactly oh whoa that's funky. I already showed it to Trevor Williams. He thinks I could I could put it on the on my calf. Is there a specific that looks kind of modern? Yeah, it's it's from like it's from a Catholic magazine. Whoa, these people are creative. I love artists. Cool. 
So you should get it. Well, you should get it. So the point, Mark, Mark your twenty fifth anniversary is a. Priest. The point is, Alicia says, of all the things that you have, of all the things you could leave me, your stuff, like tell me where, like you hid your, you know, record player, like he wants to know. I want what you have. I want your faith. And I've seen that so many times with families where when they have a loved one with faith, they're like, I just wish that I had their faith. Mm, yeah. Today, we kind of mourn the loss of two great ladies, um, Matt Tynan's mother, mm-hmm. Rosemary, and um, uh, Deacon Rex's wife, Rita. Yeah. Rest um, in peace, both of you. That's right. And both of them had faith. Both were great women of of uh, family life and married life and uh, true to their core. And we would look at them and just say, "How do I? How do I receive that?" And the hard part is, Elisha Elijah says to Elisha, "It's not mine to give. What I'm what you're asking is not mine to give. If you stay with me long enough, you might get it." Okay, and then all of a sudden, Elijah taken up in the flaming chariot, and he's like, you know, Catholic Uber, super cool, uh, you know, Israel's chariots and horses, and then he flies off. And then it, the question is... Was there is, a driver? Or was it just like a single man chariot? I, yeah. You said an Uber, and they gave me that question. True. All right, so he's out there. Now, he doesn't, okay, but he can't, said, he can't control if he gets it or not. And so the question is, he picks up his mantle, but the question is, did he actually receive what he asked for, which is the double portion, double portion of his spirit? He wants to have as much faith as Elijah had. Elisha wants doesn't to have- say It doesn't say in the story. I mean, I guess, so Elisha is not said to have done, you know, miraculous things or to like stood up, uh, spoke the word of God by, by now. And then after this, then, yeah. after this incident, he takes up the mantle, and now he's yep. basically the same. They char- actually character, the people right? were actually f- making fun of him, saying like, "Like, uh, I heard your boy's gonna get taken away today. Like, we're coming for you." And he's like, "Shut your hole! Like, uh, I'm coming for that you was later." His, he was hiding in the shadow. Well, un- until he gets the double spirit, right? So, so wait a minute. Okay, with the spirit. It's, he's not saying it's not mine to give because it's been given to me by God and it belongs to him. And he can, he, he's the, he alone can give it. Mm-hmm. Or is he saying, because I don't know exactly what spirit means. Is it kind of like the way I get it in, in like biblical terms is either usually when you're talking about a person's spirit, it's like their personality. They didn't have that term, personality. It's like all the characteristics that, you know, make them unique. Their character. Them. Right. But then you have like the spirit of God rested upon Moses. He took it and he put it on the prophets. So that's not somebody's personality. That's like a, you know, personified stuff. Right. right? His fawful dust. So is, are we talking about the double, double portion of his style of his personality of who he is is power or is it this uh what did you call it waffle dust Fawful, waffle dust thinking of waffle dust um waffle waffle dust mix so um according to second kings uh verse 
11. And as they went on, walking and talking together, behold, a fiery chariot and fiery horses parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind from into heaven. And Elisha saw him and cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the driver thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his garments and rent them in two pieces. So who's the driver there? Who's, who's, who's actually in control? I don't no, know. We don't know. Elisha. Or Elijah. Okay. Well, I would say, like, you're asking for something of what made them unique, powerful, like, strong. And that's what I see when people see a loved one who dies with faith. They're like, I want that. And I would say there's one thing that parents want for their kids. It's actually to have faith. Yeah. We were just talking with, uh, you know, my boy, Bill Condon. Yeah. Um, and I said, what should we podcast on about? And he's like, he's like, how do we pass our faith on to our kids? Yeah. Cause that's what he wants. He wants, he wants faith, you know, for his family. He wants them to come to know, uh, who God is. <clears throat> and you could see for like, themselves with him, but I talked to countless parents who say that this is like the highest value that they have. And they tried so hard to raise the kids in the faith. And then why aren't they practicing? It breaks their heart. Yeah. But it's not enough. Like, they don't want to make the kid just feel guilty. You're breaking my heart. You really got to, like, they're not in that role anymore of, like, you need to do this for me or you need to do this because I tell you. And I don't know. It's just so complex. Oftentimes I tell them that they need to take seriously that their children are, uh, adults and that they're free and they make dumb decisions. Like they can't, they can't control them. They did, they did a good thing and they need to accept if somebody does a bad thing, like abandon something. Um, so it's kind of like helping them like distance the, the, um, kind of determinism or how do I say that their influence Mm-hmm. You know, it, the kid's behavior is not just a measure, is not a measure of their, uh, of the value of their parenting or something. Sure. Right. So I think it happens like with some who don't really care and then the kids have conversions and they're really faithful and then others who are just like on top of it and the kids walk away, walk away. So I would say we want to reverse that trend. So I'm going to give three points on how I think, uh, you can, uh, you can begin turning the tide of faith being, you know, given back to your kids. All right. Okay. Yeah. Let's three points. Him. Ready? Number. Wait. Are you going to start with number three or number one? Doesn't number matter. three. Number three. Okay. They go in order. So really, you know, like they're yeah, all together. It's not, it's not a rank. One, two, three. Okay. Together. One. Right. Share your joy. Okay. Share your joy. Don't just share the rules. Share your joy. Think of somebody that you really respected, like who had faith. Mm. Um, by the way, that's that sludge at the bottom of the. I was gonna say man, it's, I'm just, kind of it's just it's just unf- it's unfiltered it's unfiltered sweet malt. Yeah, so um, share your joy. Think of somebody who you really admired their faith, and what were they joyful about? And not just like they really loved, they really loved you know the rosary, maybe. But like, what is it that brought them joy in life? Gardening, uh, fishing, uh, riding horses. I'm thinking of my own grandpa, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes their work. Yeah. But like, 
you have to connect with their joy first or else it's just going to seem like they're not a human person. You know, grandpa loved maple donuts. Why do I love maple donuts? Because grandpa loved maple donuts. So I would go get a maple donut with him every week. And I knew his joy because mm. that's what he would get. So what so, about this? Okay. So like, oh, I don't want to throw my parents under the bus. I'm still practicing. <laughs> but uh, sometimes they would say, okay, so what did they say in the homily? And there's like this exam afterward. Right. So you're kind of like anxious or whatever. And you pay attention. But And they didn't do this all the time, but um, occasionally. So then, but rather, like, what do you love about church? What do you love about God? What do you love about, right? you know, the, yeah, I don't even, I don't know that I was asked that question. Not just by parents, but like by anybody, right? Teachers, even in seminary. Like, where's your joy in all this? What, yeah, what, That's bring, cool. what brings you the most joy? out of life not just like in the church but if oh, you you're want, saying more generally but i think it's both you have to connect in with like what is it that brought you like to colorado why is it that you've stayed here how did you meet you know like like why what is it that you find joyful about your wife or whatever like share your joy that's the first thing okay mm -hmm. okay we could go on about that and i'd like to hear your thoughts i'm just going to do all three little bit at a time and then we can circle back okay cool. yep number, number one share your joy second share your story share your story who are you where did you come from don't just make it this you know vague sort of thing like yeah we came to colorado and then eventually started going to church or whatever it's like you have to have a compelling story something happened in your life that you can actually give witness to if I hadn't gone to that party, yeah. I would never have met that woman, and you wouldn't be here. Um, for my dad, like, he'll tell stories, you know, like, you know, being, you know, a single parent for a while and just be like, yeah, like, there were some moments where I had to decide, like, am I going to go to the tavern or am I going to go back to church? Because he didn't know what he was going to do because he's feeling sorry for himself. He was angry um, in my own life. If I hadn't met the gangly creature by the name of Blaha, um, I would never be where I am today. Um, yeah. So, and that's true for so many other things, but I think we don't fill people in on the story because mm. we're like, I don't like talking about myself or, you know, it's not as compelling. Yeah. Like, I didn't have an amazing conversion. Well, I don't think, I, yeah, I think sometimes we just don't, don't think of it as all that impressive. But I, I can think of things like my parents would say, like some of the stories they told, like m when this great flood um, flooded out all the homes in the lower part of Mankato, um, my, my father, his family was displaced. Like they didn't have anywhere to go. Mm. And they were really pretty poor. They had a small house and a big family. And the church took them in and they lived in the church basement. Wow. And they always remember that like the kindness and hospitality of the church. Yeah. Um, it got in their, in their just consciousness, like they're being taken care of by the church. Yeah. And they don't talk about, like I, I haven't heard him mention like the name of a priest or, you know, particular people who were bringing him food or something. It's just that. That's as much as I know. But it is, it's a piece of his love and his story, yep. you know. And 
I remember my mom will tell about how she um, she just kind of like wanted to try out the Catholic thing when my parents were marrying because they wanted to raise kids in the same faith and they were both kind of like um, kind of open to dialogue about this. But it was kind of like, try this, try this. And um, and then my, my mom and my dad worked some um, charity stuff together and um, that became like an experience that she hadn't she hadn't done before I think it was serving the handicap and she just loved it and developed a passion for it and then it kind of opened her heart to taking um, kind of being open to this new thing and then she's a super intellectual super smart really engaged with like ideas and then she took to the um, the truth of the church hmm. and found it really beautiful but I can remember those particular stories and they're not like the stories of like here's why you need to right. right yep it's just share your story share your story like people should know people should know that you used to get a bible verse yeah. on the on the whatever like on the blackboard and then you would go and vacuum you'd go and vacuum all these classrooms and it actually formed part of your life you know i mean you don't have to tell every single minute detail, but I told my dad, and I'm holding him to this, and I hope he's listening. I asked him, tell me your conversion story, and he hasn't done it yet. Uh, I know bits and pieces. I know parts, but I know that there was a moment where he gave his life to Christ, and everything changed, and that needs to be known by your kids uh, or your uh, friends or whoever. I, that's a provocative question. I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask my parent. I'd love to hear Dick Rapp's story. Yeah. So that share your joy, share your story. Number three, share your pain. Mm. Sometimes we want to we want to just offer like, you know, here's the great things that have happened in my life. I loved fishing. I loved whatever. Like, uh, here's the story of how we grew up, whatever. But then when it comes to like, are you nervous about like you have cancer and it's terminal? Like, are you how do you how are you feeling with that? Oftentimes we just that's the part where the record you know co goes off the thing and just yeah. you know we're just not going to talk about that anymore. I lived a good life. This is where you kind of go go your way. You're young. You're whatever. Go live your life. I, I'm dying. I'm on the way down. No, this is the whole of life. Share your joy. Share your story. Share your pain. Like what are the moments in your life where you were really down? And it's, it's dark. And maybe you weren't prepared for what was coming at you. And uh, maybe you, you, you had to come to a place where you're like, I was resentful that God demanded this of me. You know? I think sometimes with the pain, there's like a self-consciousness about it. Like, did I do something wrong? At least with emotional pain or... I, th I mean, I think there are some circumstances. You lose someone who's important to you. You get sick, like you're saying. Um, but things like there is a really scary point in our marriage. Or yeah. um, I feel like I was not treated right when I was a kid. Or, you know, I was lonely at some point in my life. Or yeah. some, some of those things are kind of like, well, I don't, want, I don't necessarily want people knowing that, you know. But sure. it makes you real. I think that's a big part of it is like you got to be real and you got to turn a corner with the kids once they're an adult, an adult 
and I think that's usually that's mostly the circumstance we're talking about. Once you somehow don't have the authority to tell them to practice the religion, yeah, um, they're probably old enough at that age. Maybe if you're just kind of conceding something when they're cr- when they're whining at eight years old or something, that's different than if they're eighteen. You know, if they just went to went to college and they're coming back asking questions, not sure. Um, then they're probably ready to talk to you as adults. And but I think it's not like a three-point program. You need to start. Yeah, this is part a- of life. Allowing them into your into your human existence mm-hmm. in such a way that like they can actually say by the end of their life, like here were the marks, here are the points of my dad's life, my mom's life, where there was a real there was a real change. Like my mom, or you were just taken care of. My like mom, you can marvel at that. Like I go through something and I say, well, my parents made it and they're faithful. There's probably something to that. Yeah. Right. They probably have access to some grace, like some, some power that I don't have right now. You know? Yeah. I mean, but you do, you do have access to that. Well, same right. Power. You have but that's faith. the point is like, you, I don't, I don't feel like that. Sure. And then. I'm, I think on my parents or their story or I hear it or whatever. And I realize, I mean, it's, it's not necessarily, they're not telling, like you're saying, if you just share a story of pain, you're not like immediately saying, okay, well, the lesson is God will provide or something. Right. But you can see as, as someone who loves them, mm-hmm. God did provide or somehow they got through that. And you could just say, oh, that's the power of my parents' spirit. But you also know, you, when you're learning that they're real, then you're learning that uh, no one has the strength to do this on their own. You know, this is proof of grace, uh, whether or not they say that. So I think just like the reality, you can start because, like you're saying, with these um, heroic figures of faith in our life, when it's just like, well, they can do that, and I don't know how, or I d- they right. just have something that right. I don't have. Yep. And you hear people like that too when. They say, oh, even when we were kids, my my sister, she was just very churchy and very religious, and she just had a love for that stuff that I don't have. Mm-hmm. And then they despair of it. I can't have, right? And so that's where it's just like, this isn't the exclusive uh, right or property or personality. It's not a personality. You know, it comes from grace. It can capture anybody. And the lives of the saints show you that all different kind of people right yeah i mean i just go back to the fact that you know just in the last year my mom has converted back to the to the faith and that was that's been the first time in 36 years so what changed like i don't know like it to me it's like what was what was working in your life and the reason why i say all this is because like you were saying like that people just use the excuse of well they just always had it and I don't you know but if they if you give them if you give witness to this over the period of like you know the last you know 40 years of your life 10 years of your life 5 years of your life your kids are going to know because the saddest thing to me honestly brothers and sisters the saddest thing to me is when I go into a funeral prep meeting and I, I just say, hey, can you tell me about the faith of your, of your, of your grandmother or your, or your dad or your whatever? Oh, they love to travel. Okay, like that's good. Like that's their joy. Okay, what else? Oh, they loved Blackhawk. 
okay. Like, everybody loves going to the casino. I get it. Okay. Can you tell me anything else? Oh, they hated, they hated talking about church because all you guys ever talked about is money. It's like, okay. So. That's what you know. That's all you know. And there's so much more to know about a person than just that. But I think that we don't do a good job of mm. sharing our sharing our joy, sharing our story, sharing our pain. That's the whole of a person's life. And I, I think it would be a beautiful gift if, if by the end of it we can say, here are the major events in their life. Here's what changed them. Um, here's why they, you know, here's why they became the kind of person they are, you know. Like my neighbor growing up, Bud, lost his hand, like three quarters of his hand in a some accident or whatever. I never asked him about it. But Bud was one of the nicest, kindest, most hardworking men I've ever met. And whenever it you know comes to the end, like I want to be able to say about Bud, like Bud forgave me when I broke his fence. And Bud always reached out with his left hand to shake your hand because he had mangled his right, but he always meant it really sincerely. Mm-hmm. wasn't a, wasn't a power move, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I know that about my neighbor. Like, what do you know about your cousin, your, your parent, brother, yeah. whoever? So. Anywho, that's great. That's it. And I'll think on that three stuff points too. Um, yeah, I was I was thinking of like what what would I share? And we know each other. We know each other well. And it's kind of like um, you can think of everything and nothing. You know, it's like you've had so many moments of joys and sorrows and um, and faith. You know, and to be able to witness the other person's faith. I think we have the privilege of like we're religious guys, right? So then faith is just like easier to talk about. And we're not we're not like private about it. Sometimes you worry like if you're vulnerable, there's a vulnerability to to talking about your spiritual life. Just like I think there's a real vulnerability that people are intimidated about with praying together. Cuz it's like, mm-hmm. no, this is my special area with God. And it's really simple. And I don't want you to judge it, yeah. you know, because it's so important. Um, but it can get guarded to the point where you're like, I don't share anything about that, you know. Or um, I don't even know how to do that. Right. Because like, that's me and God. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that both my dad and my stepmom have been given the gift of tongues, and I've never heard them use it. Yeah. Like, because they were really into the charismatic movement, or they have other gifts that I just don't know. Yeah. And personally, I'm like... It's not that I just want to be a spiritual voyeur. I actually want to know, like, who are you? You yeah. raised me. Like, what? What? It, what is this? What is it that we've? What have we shared together? You know. Yeah. So I'm holding my dad to that, you know, or else he's just waiting for the bestseller to come out. You know. Well, one of my great joys to share with you is collaboration. I love it. I like collaborating on projects, ideas, spinning stuff with people, trying to work together. Murals and Craig. Murals. Um, yeah. I mean, the trouble with Muzz Band, uh, <laughs> trying to make, trying to produce CDs at the seminary, working with people, yeah. uh, podcasting, obviously, um, companions, just like a lot of things. It really just like gives me a lot of joy right. to work together with people, especially on something creative. So, I mean, that's not 
That's not the only, but I thought I'd give you an example. As uh, long uh, as we're sitting here. Mine is, I can't do the I can't do the crossword. I can't do the Sudoku. I don't have the patience for it or the intellectual acumen, but I can do the jumble in under 30 seconds. What's the jumble? I do word search. Jumble's where the words are all, the, the letters are all mixed up, and there's uh, four, there's either four or five um, uh, l- words that you have to get, and then there's a pun clue, you know? Oh. Is so, this in the newspaper or in those books? In the newspaper, yeah. Ah. So I, what, I isn't there a game like that too? All the all the words that you can make out of those. Yeah, I'm like five yep, letters that mm-hmm, are out in front of yep, you. Yeah, I, that's different because for me it's like there's one word out of those five letters or six letters instead of how do you fit like how do you do all the three letter words, the four letter words, whatever. I find that really troubling, like difficult. So I like doing that. All right, the jumble, dude. The jumble. I even had a sweatshirt. Welcome to the jumble. That's right. <laughs> okay. We started with a song. I don't usually do puns. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. It was the... All right. Do you want a shout out? I'm going to forego the shout out. Well, we have to give the shout out to... Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, this is... Do you remember her? Laura Ryan. Laura Ryan, APO. Yeah, so it was pretty simple message that she wanted to share her joy. She wanted to share her joy. So she sent all these Kit Kats... Kit from Kats. Japan. So APO is apparently the uh, the military base. Okay. Right? Um, oh, UC just told me what it stands for, and I forget already. American Post Office? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that sounds cool. So Yutsu Matcha uh, yeah, Kit that's, Kat. That's the that's green one. tea matcha. I mean, there are multiple ones. I am also drinking. I'm also going to do the Sakura Japanese Sake. Yep. But then right now, I'm going to eat the mystery one. I just had mint. It's only. And it was de- delish. Wait, is the mint one. Don't tell me what the green one is. No, the green one's. Don't. I don't know. I don't know. I did try it, but. It's all you, man. Sorry. I got the I got the flavor of the clone way off. I don't have the good buds. He's crunching. What he's, is this? He's crunching. I think it, it takes a little minute. Peanut butter. Oh, really? See, it's in my head. I thought it was... Not peanut butter. Uh, all right, well, you're not... Are you Are you going to get it? I don't, I'm guessing as much as you do, but it has a green wrapper, and it's got a green chocolate over the top of this Kit Kat. I think it's matcha. The other one is matcha, but I think this is too. It's like pasty, tastes like green tea. Do you know matcha? Do you do you yeah. use that? That little paste and then it turns into tea? Yeah, it might be. Peanut matcha? Peanut matcha with CBD. I'm going to find out. Oh, man. So thank you right. so much. All right. As long as Laura Ryan, thank you so much. He's, gonna be, he's doing the research on what this flavor is. There were about... I don't know, 20 different... There's a ton. ...bags of this Kit Kat, and every one is delightful. It's so fun to just rip into these new flavors and try it out. You know I'm not a sweets guy, but I am into adventure. And That's true. This is fun. This is really fun for so me. So I'm doing Japanese. What? All right, can I give my Yeah, go thing? ahead. Okay. I thought you weren't going to do it. Yeah, well, I am. Yeah. Um, so I ran into this... This girl, I was mowing my lawn today, and this girl comes up. This is downtown Denver. Um, girl comes up and she looks frantic and she says, 
um, did you, have you seen anything suspicious or strange? And I'm like, nah, not really. I've just been mowing my lawn. She says, I think I got my car stolen. And she said, I'm new to town. And she starts like matcha starts cracking up. Pretty sure it's matcha. Yeah, it's matcha because it has that chalky flavor. It's pretty good. Okay. So this girl is all distraught. Somebody stole her car and she's new to town and she um, didn't know that this stuff happens. So maybe she's from the country or something, but um, I felt really bad for her. So I wanted to, I don't know her name. But I'm still kind of like frustrated about it and sad. So I wanted to invite everyone at the, after this podcast, say a Hail Mary for that girl. Right. That she, you know, be comforted that yeah, the Lord might help her find her car or take care of it. Um, make it easy for her, console her in, in this sorrow. All right. Just sucks. I tried to, I went to, went to the cathedral to do my mass and I, said a little prayer for her, but I thought, yeah, I'd invite people in. I was with These the- kind of sorrows. The little thing, oh, here's one of the things my mom does. If something happens, she just says, let's stop and pray a Hail Mary right now. It's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and while you're praying the Hail Mary for this lady to find her car, we'll say a little prayer for uh, Rosemary and Rita. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. And okay. thank you, and thank you to them for their faith throughout their life. Right. I know the Tynan family, and I know that they are wonderfully faithful. Yeah. And those things are passed on. Like we said, this isn't automatic. It's not automatic, but uh, it's also not lost when you give the gift of faith, when you pray hard and you love Jesus real good, um, and you try to raise your kids right. Yeah. So, the reward of a life well-lived is... A well of life mm-hmm. and i think that's contagious to other people as well so um, a double portion baby that's right let's pray for them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen. amen jesus we thank you uh for our lives for our participation in you uh for uh the gift of faith that you bestowed upon so many persons in our life um especially persons uh who we've only encountered through their children or grandchildren or friends or family uh, we thank you for the ways in which they have embodied faith, hope, and love. We ask that you would uh, grant them the reward of their goodness. And uh, as a special uh, sign of their sanctity, we ask that you would also grant our uh, present need uh, that this young woman may find her car. Um, we pray eternal rest granted to them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May they rest in peace. Amen. Amen. May their souls and all the souls of the faithful departed. Through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen. Amen. All right, we got some Kit Kats to get through. We'll see you next week. God bless you, everybody. Laters. <laughs>